welcome back, it's time for Customers Who Click. Today we're hearing from a brand that's faced a lot of challenges. Not only is it in an, uh, a regulated industry, which makes advertising a lot more challenging, but they also wanted to be the cheapest on the market and be available to everyone. My guest today is Dean Lee, Head of E-Commerce and Digital at 88 Vape. We're going to be exploring how they overcame those challenges and how they managed to grow by really focusing on the customer experience. Let's hear from Dean now. Hi, Dean. Thanks for joining me today. Would you mind uh, give us a bit of an introduction to yourself, your background, and how you've got to where you are today? Yeah, of course. So, yeah, I'm Dean. I, I work for Supreme PLC, head of digital here and head of e-commerce for the B2C brands. So I look after two to three brands online, the, the main one being our flagship brand, which is 88 Vape. My background, I've been in e-commerce now, probably e-commerce and digital marketing for best part of 20 years now. I got into e-commerce at very early stages when the internet looked a lot different than what it does now. And then I moved more into SEO back in the early days. Again, everything's changed quite a lot in, in, in the space. I then jumped into a little bit of web design back into e-commerce and then a bit, bit of an all-round kind of feel after that. And then I got in, I, I came to Supreme four years ago and it's been mainly all e-commerce since then I help out with a couple of you know other things online but it's it's predominantly e-commerce that, uh, that i manage now on this side yeah awesome give us a little bit of an overview of 88 vape yeah 88 vape we are one of the biggest vape brands in in the uk certainly off volume we're 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 in the majority of, of big retailers, you know, we've, we're in the likes of, you'll see us in Asda, you'll see us in B&M, Home Bargains, some Sainsbury's stores and Morrison's and, and what have you. And it's the brand has been around now for, say, about four, four to five years. So when I started, it was very much in the early days, in its infancy. It was mainly... You know, getting into getting into the stores at that point, we had a very basic website, a very very basic online offering. I'd say around about you know twelve different flavors. Being a single brand, so we wasn't very very established online. And now we've grown today to where you know we sell millions of bottles each each week, millions throughout the year. I think it's the, you know fifty million plus throughout the year. And our online presence has has grew over the last four years quite quite steadily to to now at the point where you know we've got a, a, a big range, we've got a big customer base as well, a big audience. And and we're just going from strength to strength. So but it's been a it's been a fun, interesting ride over the last four years, especially with COVID mixed in the middle of it as well. Yeah, I can imagine. So in a regulated industry, and I've you know I've I've been there before. I've I, I spent a few years in gambling. It's tough, right? So how do you keep customers clicking? How do you keep them? How do you bring them to the website? How do you keep them coming back? Well, I mean that's the toughest part of of, of running a vape website. To be fair, it is it is extremely heavily regulated. There's no quick marketing tactics that you can that you can put in place. So you know paid ads are out the question. AdWords out the question. It is literally a, a long-term strategy. So I think the strategy that we adopted from day one, uh, well, certainly when I started, you know, we looked at the brand online, we looked at the reputation that we had online, and it, it was perceived as a, you know, a very low-cost vape juice. You know, we we sell at one pound per bottle, so it, it had a bit of a negative reputation to start. So what we what we looked to do was was just to clean that up and. And really focus on the service. So was I that, that so that reputation was that just purely based on price? 
Yeah, it, it was literally just just people focusing on the cost of the liquids and presuming that it was a poor product. And it wasn't the case. You know, we, we, we manufacture high volumes, which keeps the which keeps the cost down. And I think personally, I think what happened was in, in the vape community, a lot of people seen 88 vape as a, a budget juice that it isn't very good, low quality. But it wasn't the case. It, it, we've always offered a premium product. You know, ingredients are premium. Our manufacturing facility is state of the art. All we've ever wanted to do is produce a, a vape product that is affordable and gives people, gives everybody the opportunity to vape. You know, at one pound compared to, you know, one vape juice will last you two or three days, one ball. If you compare that to a packet of cigarettes at twenty pound for for a day, which which a lot of people spend, the, the benefits are there, and that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to be able to make vaping very very affordable for everybody, and I think once we started to get that that message across to the community and and to our audience and our customers, they started to understand that we're not trying to compete with the with the trendy the trendy vape companies that are three four five pound a bottle. We're just trying to offer a, a quality, affordable, affordable product. So it was a case of getting that man- message across online. Um, so what we did initially, uh, just to give you a bit of a background, we reached out to a lot of a lot of people in the vape community, a lot of influencers to start out with. We we sent them samples, we spoke to them. I personally called a lot of them. We built up relationships and we explained the message. We, you know, it's we're not. Uh, you know your standard cool trendy vape brand but we're trying to make vaping affordable and if you're on a budget and you can't afford a five pound vape you know try 88 vape at a pound it's affordable to everybody so i think once we got that message out to a lot of influencers and a lot of people with their own youtube channels and so on they started to understand what we was all about and then people were more open to the brand then they were like you know what yeah this is this is a great vape for a pound. You, you can't really you can't really beat it. Maybe not to everybody's taste, but a lot of people opened up to it once we explained the messaging and, and what we what we was all about. Interestingly, I actually got an email from a brand a week or so ago. They sell kind of beanbag style products, and this email was, I, th- I think it was probably the second, maybe third email in the abandoned cart flow, and it was all about their cost justification. The whole email was, this is why our products are more expensive. Mm. And so I guess what, what you've kind of had to do really is is the opposite, right? This this is why our products are so cheap. Yeah, 100%. And a yeah. lot of the times companies think that, you know, oh, we're the cheapest, so we'll sell the best. It, it isn't the case. You know, sometimes that we've, you know, we have, we have been a victim at times of our low price points and the fact that customers think instantly, right, it can't be very good. So... A big strategy that we had online was was kind of justifying that price point and also explaining to customers the the reason why we can offer it at that price. You know, we just take a couple of margins out of there and make it affordable for customers. So, a, a big thing when I came into the to uh, to the company, a, a strategy that I put in place was, you know, let, let's increase the service. Let's increase. Let's take them. St- them service levels up a couple of notches and it's the problem with a regulated industry like vaping is you can't just attract two three hundred extra customers per day or per weekend you you just can't do it 
So if you have a customer base of, say, you know, a thousand, nice easy number, that customer base of a thousand is so important to you because if you lose a hundred or two hundred, some companies have the benefits of being able to run a big ad campaign at the weekend or over a month and they'll get another two, three hundred customers in. Absolutely no problem. In this industry, loyalty is everything. And you just can't do that. You don't have the benefits of being able to to lose customers. Not that you want to anyway in any industry, but you can't attract them as, as quickly. So what we wanted to do was to offer a service that, that was that was really high in terms of customer service on the phone. Firstly, our product. Our products are good products anyway. We, we, we believe in our products. But from an online point of view, it's, you know, our customer service, you know, making sure they're all trained over the phone to answer all, you know, all queries, making sure that our warehouse dispatch times, you know, are at a really high level and a high standard. So we looked at, you know, all our staff that we had at the time, made sure they got all the relevant training, looked at our delivery companies to make sure that they're hitting the standards that we want. We overhauled everything really, you know, from the website, the customer journey on that to make it as simple as we possibly could do, to make sure that the buying journey was was really easy and to make sure from the point of order, they received everything that they ordered correctly, neatly packaged and in a timely manner over, you know, 24 to 48 hours and that is something that we've tried tried to work on as much as we can and tried to perfect over the last three or four years and it's something that we've we've taken a lot of pride in i mean we're we're rated 94 percent excellence on trust pilots at the minute and we've got 42 and a half thousand reviews currently which is massive for you know for for any brand really and and it's something that we've really really worked on and it took us a good three or four years to get to that point but we make sure that we keep in touch with our happy customers we speak to our unhappy customers and try to make them a happy customer and and it's something that we take a lot of pride in And, and, and our customer service team they're excellent you know i can't fault them and and our dispatch team as well from our warehouse management team and our dispatch team, our picking and packing warehouse operatives, they all take pride in it. And it's something that we, we you know, we we instill into to all our staff that, you know, we want to hit this high level of customer service. Yeah, I mean, I, I've... I've worked in startups before and customer service made a massive difference, particularly when in that case, the product... I mean, the, the product was good. It, it kind of worked, but it was also a subscription product. Mm. And you inevitably get those people who are, are complaining to you because you've you've stolen money from their bank account or like whatever. And you're like, you, you signed up for a subscription. You've been on this for months and now, you, now you're getting in touch. And just so many times you just get on the phone with people and have a chat and, and talk it through. And loads of them will just stay subscribed. Yeah, 100%. So you, kind of, you, you answer the questions, you... I don't know if maybe they ended that call feeling like if they'd been a bit harsh or something, you know, feeling guilty and so <laughs> yeah. decided to stick with it. But yeah, all you've got to do is very quickly and easily sol- solve the problem for them or offer to solve the problem. 100%. And you can turn unhappy customers into happy customers. Definitely. And I think a lot of people, a lot of the time, customers are quick to complain, but they don't really like complaining as, as such. And and I think what we've tried to do is, is especially from a customer service point of view, is really just humanize the brand a little bit and it's you know it's not just a telephone number or an email and you get a standard reply you know 
our customer service staff, they speak to customers regularly on, on a day, day-to-day basis. And, you know, they're on first name terms with, with some customers that have been regulars with us for four, you know, three or four years. And it's great to see. And, and, and that's what we try try to do. And, and I think that's been a massive part of our online success, really, with 88 Vape is the fact that keeping customers has been something that we've we've done quite well over the last three or four years. And, you know, from our account manager on 88 Vape, to our customer care team and like i said our, our warehouse team it, it's been a joint effort to make sure that the service levels are, are quite high we've always got room to improve I, I think any any company have got room to improve but at the minute we we're quite happy with where our service levels are and it's something we've we've been proud of for the last couple of years and it's helped us really really helped us to keep the customers yeah so apart from the customer service is there anything you know, is there any part of the actual online experience that you're particularly proud of? Yeah, and it, it, I think something that we, we're constantly working on. So we're, we're working on a new website for ATA Vape for the last seven or eight months now. It's it's one of those that when we just when we think it's finished, we we start we jump onto something else. So I'm hoping at one point it does actually launch. But I think one thing I think over the last four years that we've we you know I've been happy with is the fact that when we did start. 88 Vape was predominantly a retail brand. It was in stores and we had a small SKU range. And that's all you really need sometimes in retail. You can have a very successful business with 12 SKUs in retail. That's all you, yeah. all you really need. Less at times. Online, completely different. You know, we are a single brand vape company. Um, we are competing with multi-brand vape companies that have 30, 40 brands on their website. So they have a, a much more... Product, uh, larger product range in in the search engines. So, what we what we try to do is just to fill out our portfolio of of flavors of products, and and that's something I think we've done quite well in the last three or four years. We've we've expanded the flavor ranges, we've expanded the products that we have online, in order to compete with with other companies. I mean, it's little things. You might have, say, for example. You know, you might be a big coffee fan. You might want a, a vape that's a coffee-flavored fl- vape. If you come to 88 Vape and we don't have it, right, you'll Google coffee vape. You'll go to another another competitor. You'll buy from them, and then they've got your data. They've got, they can market to you each month. You'll repeat your order. So you've got to stri- try and stay as competitive as, as, as you can, and the variety side of things is, has been massive us and trying to expand that range but it's frustrating as well you can put so much effort into new product development and then you get a new product a new flavor and then you can't scream and shout about it online like you wish you could uh, do yeah. with, with other things you, you literally launch it to the to the same customer base or you put it on your website and hope new customers see it so yeah it's it, it that, that's one thing we've done as well over the last four years yeah i mean i suppose on the the kind of retail retail versus single brand side there's obviously pros and cons to both right you know like you were saying if you don't have that flavor they go elsewhere if they are looking for a particular brand you can't sell it to them because you don't have it so they go to another website potential downside for the other websites are if they've got ten thousand products on there people might not be able to find the one they want right so there's that an analysis paradox of choice you know people just struggling and the other part is you know they might trust the brand, the, the vape brand itself, but they might not have a clue who the website is. Yeah. And so that website's got to work really hard at building the trust in themselves. 
Whereas if they know 88 vape and they come to the 88 vape website, that's, you know, that, that kind of consideration or, or anxiety is not really there. Yeah, exactly. And it's a, it's a great point because we, we are available in, in a lot of retail stores. And, you know, it wasn't until COVID that, you know, a lot of customers didn't even realize we, we sold online as well. And I imagine that happened with a lot of, a lot of e-commerce companies. And, and a big thing we've had to do, and it sounds really simple, what I'm going to say, but we've, we, we've worked really hard to make sure that we are number one in Google for all of our brand searches, you know, and, and you'd be surprised how many companies aren't actually top of the search engines for for their brand searches. But we make sure that when people search 88 Vape, that we are as, as, as yeah. you know, number one. And, and that's a big, big factor as well. But the trust pilot has been massive for us because the thing with our, our vape is they're a pound. So it's, you, you, you can, you can buy five for a five, a two pound delivery, or we, we offer free delivery over 15 pound. If you try it and you love it, brilliant. You know, you've got your new cheap vape at a pound. If you don't like it, you know, you've, you've not really lost much trying it out. And when you've got 40,000 reviews saying excellent service or excellent product or this or that, it's, it is a, it is a big trust point for customers. They think, oh, you know what? 40,000 people can't necessarily be wrong. So they'll they'll, yeah. they'll take a punt on the brand. So that's massively helped us, really. Reviews is, is something I've been looking into a lot recently because I've, I've been doing just loads of customer interviews. And I do get, I get mixed feedback, right? Some people say they don't care about reviews at all. You know, there, there seems to be... In fact, I remember one guy saying, basically, if the business is about, you know, the, looks like it's got a decent website it exists so there must have been other customers those customers can't be wrong right which was like a really <laughs> really laid back approach to it but i get some people who say they absolutely do not trust reviews on websites on their own websites regardless of whether it says trust pilot on it or not on it or not and still people saying you know they'll, they'll go to trust pilot and you know they they still question the reviews Right. You know, I know I do it. And this is, I don't know if I should say the brand name, probably shouldn't. A, a very, very large global retailer. I'm pretty sure there was a whole thing about fake reviews there. And I remember times when I've looked at reviews and the reviews clearly been from a, for a different product. So you immediately go, you check out the, the one star, maybe, you know, the two star, the three star, because those are the reviews that are genuine. Mm. They're, they're the ones that are. You know, I had a problem with the product itself, maybe four star as well. I, I found so many one stars tend to be the product turned up late yeah, or, or the box issue. was damaged. And you're yeah. like, well, it's not not a review of the product. And obviously a lot of five star reviews just tend to be, yeah, it's fantastic. I loved it. 100%. 100%. But the th one of the things for me as well is when I look at reviews, and, and I, I'll never understand any any company that don't focus on it on the customer service it, it doesn't make sense to me it really doesn't i always think that a good review some people might not look at it and, and pay any attention to it but it might be the tipping point for one customer they might think you know yeah. what there you go but what's more, what i've always said is it's not our trust pilot isn't necessarily just about our excellent reviews because you're right a, a big chunk of them is brilliant excellent yeah great you know and it's in, in the five star I always look at companies when I'm purchasing and I think it's the one stars that I look at, but not just what the customer said, but how that company have responded to the one star review. Yeah. Have they taken the time out to reply to it? 
Have they dealt with the situation? Are they bothered? Because I then think, right, well, if I purchase something from this company and it goes wrong, like it can do, will the support be there from that company to resolve the problem, resolve the issue? So I look at the, I always filter down one and two star. And if there's no replies to it or there's no responses or it's not been dealt with, that's a massive red flag for me. And I understand some companies might just not have the resource to reply. So I get that side of it as well. but. For me, reviews are, are massively important. The thing is, obviously, with reviews, you're not, it's very unlikely you're going to deal with the problem in the review response, right? So you can take 15 minutes on a, on a Friday just to run through your most recent reviews and reply to them all, you know, th- thank all the good reviews and respond to the bad ones. Now, I do take a bit of a negative view on companies that leave a a one, maybe two sentence response, which just says, please contact us. Hmm. Right. I do, I do, I appreciate it when I see a, re- a response to a bad review, which, you know, it might not acknowledge the specific review too much and, and say, oh, like, uh, you know, I know we're trying to deal with this or whatever, but at least, you know, a, a, a bit more of a detailed response that acknowledges the problem as well. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that's a really good sign for me. And yeah, in these in these interviews I've been doing, a lot of people said they look for themes, right? So if in the positive reviews, customer service comes up a lot, people notice it. Yeah. Same as the bad ones. If customer service is mentioned in lots of bad reviews, that's obviously likely that customer service is the issue that's, that's caused the bad review. And that's what people look for. And if they see those trends, they, they don't trust the business. Or they oh, do 100%. Because you think, well, I don't want to be in that situation where I'm ringing customer service for hours and trying to resolve an issue. So I do think, you know, how bad reviews, you're right, how how they're dealt with is is massively important. It's just as important as the five-star reviews it it, it is and resolving those issues. And and that's something that we, you know, we do work on here. And we, like I said, we speak to all the one-star reviews, the two-star reviews, the three-star reviews, and, and just to make sure, and not just not from an aesthetic point of view to make sure everything's you know looking great on our review platforms it's to solve the problems because we want to ultimately keep that customer we we want to make sure you know at the end of the day you've took the time to visit the website make a purchase try our products if something's gone wrong then we want to rectify it we want to make it right and to make sure that you come back and you shop again next month with us and it's yeah, massively well- important You've you've got a super high intent person because they literally have made a purchase from you, right? So of course you'd want to you know you'd want to fix that to bring them back because you know they are a vape buyer. They're not just someone who stumbled across the website and mm. and you know can make a complaint or whatever. The other side of it is you get that feedback and it might be something you can fix for other people. Again, right? yeah, hundred percent. You know, especially if, if you might just get the one complaint. But you might look at it and go, "Oh, hang on a minute, is this uh, is this something that's affecting multiple people?" Or you might get the, the complaint multiple times, or that question and support multiple times. So you can say, you know, go to the warehouse and tell them they need to sort something, or or it's something you change on the website to make it a bit clearer. Yeah, it's all feedback. It all, all helps you 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 evolve as a as a, as a company, and it's it, it's it's great to understand how you how your customers are feeling. It might be the slightest little thing that. That drives them mad with your website and you're like you're right you can just listen to them get the feedback and hopefully resolve it for for everybody else so it is it is vital 
it's been vital to and whether or not it would have had the same effect if you know if if our marketing was different but we do have a we do have another brand as well where we do the exact same thing and we're not regulated in that industry i'd I'd recommend it to anybody in e-commerce to to really put some time aside for your customer service you know it, it does it does reap good rewards it really does yeah, you know, I've, I've talked about this loads of times on the on the podcast a few times actually as well. You know, customer service so often is seen as a cost center, but there's just so much value in there. Right? Not you know, you obviously you, you can fix people's problems and retain them as a customer. You can then pass that feedback onto the other teams who can then improve the experience for other customers. I, I interviewed someone from Gorgeous, the the customer service within about I'd say ten episodes ago. Actually, it might be longer <laughs> by the time this one comes out. But he was saying they actually, they can track to a certain degree, they track monetization of customer service. So if someone is getting in touch with you with questions about a product, and then that person makes a purchase, you can kind of attribute it to customer service and say, well, you know, now we've got an actual monetary value we can place on having customer service here. Yeah. It's the retention as well. The retention is 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 key yeah. to it also. You know, you can solve a query or an issue for somebody and they might have gone elsewhere. They might have thought, right, I'm not shopping this company again. You solve it and that's it. That's good enough for them and they're happy and they'll come back time and time again. So you might have that customer for another year, another two years. So it, it is attracting the new co- the new customers, but it's keeping the old ones as well. It's keeping your regular yeah. customers, which is it's vital for that as well. So yeah, it, it's something that's worked worked massively for us, and, and we deal with a lot of you know customer service issues from our retail customers as well. You know, somebody could buy something in you know one of the retail stores, and you know they, they don't want to go to the shop, so they'll just look at the box and say, "Oh, I'll ring ATA Vape." And so we deal with a lot of that as well. But it's worked it's worked very well for us over the last few years, certainly. Yeah, it's good. You mentioned using influencers right at the start to try and kind of turn around the, the brand image. Really, what other channels are working for you? You know, given you mentioned the restrictions on actually like paid advertising, what what is working for you for that the acquisition? A big thing that will work really well for us was we did a lot of out of home advertising. We did a lot of billboards. We did a lot of bus advertisement, taxis. You know, the size of taxis on bus stops, service stations. We did a big campaign for that about three. I think it was the year before COVID. We did a full year of, of advertising on buses and so on. And that was that was brilliant. It, it really got the brand out there. You know, we we generated a lot of customers for for online retail sales went up. People trusted the brand a lot more. They've seen it about. I think that's been our from a marketing channel. That's been our biggest success so far. Okay. In terms of when we've really pushed advertising, the out of home has really worked wonders for us. Yeah. Well, I think I'm, I'm sure this came out of some some customer feedback as well. It's another trust point. Uh, people might not be aware of exactly how much it costs, but the assumption is that you know if you're doing TV, radio, billboards, and things, you've you must have a bit of money to spend tube advertising as well. So there's there's kind of that you know this is this is a legit company. They've they've paid for advertising here. Um, yeah, just, it, it can't. It, it's right. It's, it's it's a trust point again. It, it's it kind of it, it, you hundred percent. It, it makes you think that like they must be a big company because they can afford the advertising. They can yeah. afford to do this. They can afford to do that. And and I think that's what we've seen because again, we was in in, in the early day, you know, early stages of building the company. You know, people were still looking at us. You know, pound ago, is it is it is it a good product? 
And seeing us on billboards, seeing us on sides of buses, the sides of taxis. And there is regulations with, with where you can advertise depending on which part of the country you're actually in. So there's different regulations in London, different regulations in Manchester. You can go on some taxis in some areas. So it's, it's not straightforward. But that was a big thing. We've seen spikes coming through to the website with this kind of advertising. And, and it worked. That worked really well for us. In terms of other other ways to get customers through, we've we have tried. We, we have to put a lot of emphasis in our SEO campaigns. It's it's a long term strategy, um, and that's something that we're constantly working on. You, you know, you've you've constantly got to invest in your SEO strategies, and that's something that we're we're heavily focused on at the minute, especially with the new website launching soon. So hopefully, we'll get some kind of you know positive traction from that as well moving forward but again that's a long term it's nothing no quick wins unfortunately there yeah yeah no well no um kind of long-term quick wins i suppose not a quick win then but you know what i mean it's not you can't just set up some ads and let them run no you you might be able to do a bit of a referral campaign or something but you know they tend to spike right you, you do the campaign you get some referrals and then it drops down to a trickle until you do that next big push yeah, I mean, we've got, a, like a, a, I won't go off on it, uh, too much detail on it, but we've got another brand, a wellness brand, and we're not restricted on that. We've done TV campaigns and the amount of traffic that comes through to the website. And I think, I, I always think to myself, whenever we've got a TV campaign, if only we could do this for 88 Vape, it would just change, you know, just su- such a positive impact. Uh, because at our price point, we have a great conversion rate. If we could just, get that tv space it's, it's so yeah. frustrating you just so but it, it's you know we're doing our we're growing year on year which is which is all we can ask for really it's uh, it, it's all positive yeah good so just before we finish up is there anyone in the kind of d2c marketing space a particular person or, or someone from a brand that you'd want to sit down for lunch with? yeah good question i think i, I love e-commerce i, I always have I, I love create but i love the creating a brand side of things as well me it's kind of you know concept to visualizing how far you can take the brand and then seeing it on a shelf or seeing it on your website so i think for me it would be a case of sitting with somebody along those lines i mean i'm lucky where i work to be fair i've got an owner that is you know, very forward thinking. He's he offers a lot of advice, and I've learned a lot here as well. And I've been lucky as well to to speak to a lot of owners of, of other companies in my time here. You know, owner of Grenade, Music Magpie, and a few other places. So I've I've learned a lot from there. But I think obvious ones would be your likes of Ben Francis at Jim Shark. I think it's great what what he's done there in terms of you know creating a brand, invading a space that was very heavily occupied by billion pound companies yeah but at the same time i think i'd I'd, you know i'd happily sit down with i'd love to sit down with business owners that have an e-commerce brand that does 100 grand a year and you know they're they're pumping their own money into it and they're fighting for every little bit of space and so on i think for anybody that's just got an e-commerce brand i think it'd be nice to have a coffee and just have a chat and see how they're doing things and but yeah i think i think Jim Shout will be a good one. You know, they've built a global brand now, haven't they? In a, in a very saturated space, so that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a, a pretty good networking space actually. Where yeah, you get you get you get a lot of startups, really small companies, but you also get kind of Bloom and Wild, uh, Gusto 
you know, you get some pretty decent sized brands in there. So it's just interesting every now and again, when you get to have a chat with some of these other people, uh, the challenges they're facing is sometimes it's surprisingly common and, and yeah, just what's working for them uh, and stuff like that. It's really good. Yeah. Cause I think that, I mean, a lot of challenges in the last two years, I mean, with, with COVID it's been, it's been a godsend to some companies and i think a lot of people looked at e-commerce companies through covid like oh you're so lucky you've seen this big boom and and what have you but they didn't see the challenges behind it of making sure stock levels were were there making sure you had staff available to actually deal with 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 increased orders to make sure that your customer service team were could manage the high level of calls and so on so even though you know covid was great for a lot of e-commerce brands it came with a lot of challenges behind. So I think anybody that survived it and are still going from an e-commerce point of view, you know, deserve a lot of credit because it was it was certainly a tough, a tough twelve months for a lot for a lot of companies. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. So just finally, are there any marketing tools that you use on a on a regular basis that you'd recommend? Yeah, hundred certainly. There's a, there's a few. I mean, firstly, you know, we 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 moved over to Shopify. I'd say three and a half years ago. Okay. We was always we always use Magento as our as our website platform for e-commerce, and then we we had a few things at the time, and we, we was not forced to look elsewhere, but we had to look at a couple of options, and we looked at Shopify, and it was you know it's come on leaps and bounds over the last couple of years, but that has been something that has really really helped us in terms of growing. It's helped in terms of you know, resource, you don't, you don't need as much resource with, with Shopify. It's, it's one of those, you know, anybody can learn it. Our account managers all know it inside out where when we had Magento, we needed, we needed a developer. We needed two developers on, on site. Yeah. So that's been a great, a great tool. And I'd recommend any company that is starting in e-commerce or the looking to change platforms. I'd certainly recommend looking at Shopify. It comes, a lot of people will recommend it. There'll be a lot of negatives around it as well at the same time, but I'd certainly have a look at it. Things we use on a day-to-day basis, we use Klaviyo for for our email marketing. Uh, That's something that automates a lot of our emails, and that's been really good. We've had that for a good few months now. We swapped over to that. That's That's been really impressive so far, to be fair. And then... It's all SEO tools outside of that for 88 Vape. You know, you know, yeah. we use DM Rush and, and it's something that we, we, we keep on top of because our SEO is so vital to 88 Vape. Uh, we need to keep on track of, of our listings of, you know, how we're doing, how we're progressing. Are we, are we moving up in the listings? Are we dropping down in the listings? So SEM Rush is something we keep on top of and we work closely each week on that. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, this has been great. Really interesting stuff. I mean, we talked about some, some bits that I, I go on about a lot anyway, you know, the, re- the retention side of customer service. If anyone wanted to reach out and find a bit, find out more or, or have a chat with you, what's the best way of doing that? LinkedIn probably. Drop me a message on LinkedIn. I'm always, I'm always hoping I always try to get back to any messages I get on there. So if, if anybody wants to reach out or just get, just contact me on LinkedIn, always available. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Dean. Cheers. Well, thanks. Having worked in a regulated industry as well, I know how much more complicated it can all be. Payment providers are limited and sometimes more expensive. You're locked out of certain distribution channels, advertising channels. You might need age verification tools in place. All of this adds cost and complication. So it's really important that when you capture that audience, you convert them, you give them the best possible experience you can to ensure that they uh, keep coming back to you. 
Having a great product obviously helps, uh, and a lot of industries like this, customers can be quite brand loyal once they find a product they like, but you can't just rely on the product. You need to give customers a great on-site experience. You've got to give them great customer support. Uh, make sure you're a brand that customers want to talk about, not just consume. If you'd like to learn more from Dean, you can find him on LinkedIn. Any other questions, uh, feedback or guest requests, please send them over to will at customerswhoclick.com or DM me on LinkedIn. Next up, I've got Chad Reed, VP of Marketing at Jotform. We're going to be talking about how you can get the most out of forms and some of the out-of-the-box ways you can use them to support your business. But until then, keep those customers clicking.